You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by... Kieran and Alan. How's it going? Oh, well, this time, this time it is going, going to the weekend. It is currently a bank holiday weekend. It, it was sunny yesterday and now it is less sunny. Um, hopefully you get sunny again by the end of the weekend, the long weekend, which now includes a one day. Good way. Uh, how about you? Long weekend. It's a long weekend in Ireland. Bank holiday weekend, August, baby. Ooh. August bank holiday, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Britney's back. With a brand new bag of bitches. It's a bank holiday weekend. Uh, and how are you? I am good, yes. It's not a bank holiday weekend here. It is just a normal weekend. But it's very, it's not very nice, the weather. <laughs> Massive. Oh no. Storm flooding everywhere. But, uh, which is pretty cool, oh. I guess. I mean, it looks cool. It's not very convenient for uh, getting around, especially on a, uh, everyone here uses motorbikes. So, especially on a motorbike, very awkward because your legs get wet. Got here. Do you, do you, do you uh, motorbike? I do. Ooh. Well, I mean, it's like a, it's an automatic motorbike, so I don't know what is that. <laughs> what? So you know how you put that in the clutch when you change gears? Correct. Uh, I don't know how motorbikes work. Um, fully, fully. Um, but uh, manual, manual motorbikes do in fact have a clutch. The clutch is in the is in the handle, and the gear, ooh, okay. The gears are at your feet. Um, but yeah, oh, wow. automatic motorbikes, you do not have to do that. Uh, you just the same way you know someone who someone who drives an automatic car doesn't say oh well I don't really know how to drive it's an automatic it's still driving kind of I mean you're just steering the direction of it and controlling the speed what that, that, that's what driving is is it okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's it, there's many other complicated things about driving um I'm I I'm gonna say it on the podcast now I failed my driving test seven times in Ireland wait before you... I got my license seven, seven. What? Yeah, did you say seven times? I said seven, not six, not eight, but seven times I have failed. Wow. Uh, each each with a ridiculous story. Um, Maybe I'll, <laughs> I mean, I had some stuff planned for extra turns. Maybe I'll just tell all my failing driving test stories at the end of this episode, uh, if listeners are, <laughs> are interested. Because I'm a good driver. I know how to drive. Okay. And uh, each time I failed something, only only one time I failed, I felt like I should have failed. But every time I did not. Uh, okay, well, back to magic. Uh, well, actually, not back yep. to magic before because uh, we have to say that Kieran's not here yet again. It is uh, yes, he, he's in London, London for the weekend, right? London, London with Dumri Raid and the boys. Oh God, London, not Australia. London. <laughs> uh, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Kieran! Even though this episode <laughs> won't go out on your birthday, uh, at one point in the past, uh, it was your birthday. And it is now as we're recording this. Yes. So happy birthday, happy birthday, Kieran. Happy birthday, Kieran. Wait, I, I'm I'm aware of the fact that as of this moment, I haven't said happy birthday to him in real life. I've actually sent him a message to say happy birthday. Have you? What this is real life, isn't it? No, it is real life. But what I'm saying is, until now, in in the real timeline when I'm, we're really recording this, I haven't uh, said happy birthday to him. I'm I'm just having a major anxiety attack because I'm starting to think, wait, maybe is this isn't real life? Why would someone tell me it's real life if it's not real life? If if this is not real life and it's computer simulation, someone would definitely try to reassure you that it's that it's that it is real life. 
There's no reason why someone else would say it's not real life. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go lie down for a few hours. Uh, sorry. Well, the, end of the, episode. the best thing to do there is just to carry on with things and uh, don't think too hard about it. Yeah, exactly. If you have no control over it, don't worry about it. That's, that's all you need to know. It's like, wearing is dumb. If you, if you can't control it, then there's no point worrying about it. Exactly. It's like in magic. If you're going to lose to it anyway, play as if they don't have it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I, magic has many life lessons like that. Um, I, I, I feel like I've learned many of them this week. Oh no. Well, we'll dive into your magic life lessons uh, later on in the show. But first, we're going to talk more about the judges and judge academy and then we'll dive into a bit oh yes and uh we'll talk about your race to mythic and uh we'll oh baby round things out with a few of the commander spoilers for commander 2019 yes so judges judge academy we covered this a fair bit last week but in the interim there was the ama on reddit of the the judge academy organization and account and i don't know if it was entirely transparent, who exactly was, re- what, you know, who, who was writing the replies on that account? Um, Got an intern. Um, huh? Yeah, actually, I don't think it is. It's just an intern they have. Uh, intern, yeah. Uh, in the AMA. Yeah, it does not say um, who was replying. I mean, they can afford an intern. Oh, yes. Why is that, David? <laughs> <laughs> because they're making lots of money. <laughs> oh, yes. Um Sorry, we can confirm that it is uh, Nicolette Appraise, uh, program manager of the Dutch Academy, who uh, who did the AMA. Oh, okay. I did not know. Oh, so they, they, even though they could afford an intern, they decided to get an actual program manager. That's all the money there. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I suppose we, when we, we talked about it last week. Um, it was literally just after the announcement happened. Uh, so that was very first impressions. Uh, and now we um, have had time to... Um, yeah, we had time to kind of, kind of read up and kind of you know, form an opinion, and also, um, you know, the classic uh, base. So, what does what does Reddit think about this? And then maybe base your opinion on Reddit because we are part of the hive mind. Yeah. But I think in this case, um, <laughs> Reddit is accurate. In uh, I think the community as a whole um, is is the, as overall, I think the reaction is negative, and there are lots of lots of, lots of questions uh, to be asked and to be answered. Yeah, there's there there was. A huge amount of uh, activity in the in the thread, and a lot of questions were asked, and plenty of questions were answered, but maybe not as many as as people would have liked. Possibly, uh, the pace of answers was kind of slow, which is yeah, exactly. Uh, there was a big gap, and I think it's um, I think it's what do you think it could have been? Do you think it could have been done better if those if those answers were, were at a slow rate? Um, I I don't know. I think maybe they could have had more than one person in there answering questions. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense because yeah, there was a lot of questions, so, so yeah, there's been lots of um, lots of comments, but many many questions in it. You know, uh, I, a lot going on. As I look at it here, there are like I'm looking at the Judge Academy account on Reddit, um, and there are quite a lot of posts. Uh, the Judge Academy account has 43 karma because many of their answers are extremely negative. <laughs> Most. Oh no! Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I'm just noticing now that all the answers are name voted. Uh, that's that's most of them. Yeah, it's not good. No, not good, not good at all. Um, I mean, it just kind of, that just goes to show you how negative people are in general about this, and a lot of people are kind of falling into the camp of well, it, it's kind of coming down to judges' opinions and non-judges' opinions, and I I think you can kind of see that in Reddit that a lot of the people with the strongly negative reactions are maybe not judges, and maybe that says something. I don't know. I guess. 
or the 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 reply that kind of sh- not necessarily shuts people down but i think is maybe intended to shut the discussion down that i see a lot is well it was either this or judging goes away so like this was the only alternative uh and that really yeah exactly yeah. every time i see that because it's just intended to be like oh shut up and don't complain and i don't think that that's a very constructive thing to say and i i know that some people say well you should su- just support your judges whatever whatever their opinion is of this but i don't think that this is that kind of issue i think we can just say oh let's support the judges like this can have a direct impact on players if this if this like subscription model for judging is not successful and you know becomes you know like not very well subscribed by what judges do exist or maybe if it puts people off becoming judges then the judge program or the amount of judges that exist in magic will go down over time it'll become more difficult to get judges for events and therefore magic players will suffer because the events won't be run to standard if you know what i mean um yeah if if competitive yeah, because, uh, yeah. if competitive events like mcqs don't have judge support i mean i personally would not be comfortable playing at an mcq without a judge oh yeah definitely yeah yeah and it's um yeah cause it's definitely yeah, a level of quality that has to be maintained um i think it's almost like the that kind of really shitty answer that the, the ama was giving giving up like oh well it's either this or nothing I mean, I feel like that answer kind of almost uh, highlights the fact that this is an issue for the whole community because uh, if this if this program fails, uh, which it's possible that it will, if this program fails, that answer implies that this program is all we have. So if this program does fail by saying, oh, it's either this or nothing, that means that, yeah, if this does, if this fails, we will have nothing. And um, yeah, I suppose it's one of those, like, you know, I think there's, I feel like there's, there's like a list of, um, you know, 10 things that will legitimately kill magic forever and i think one of the things that will kill magic forever is uh is if the judge program goes away because yeah like i said there's if there's no quality control over events if there's or if there's no events uh, events can't be run without a judge uh, or just fewer judges then yeah the community definitely will suffer so uh this is important even if you're not a judge yeah i mean i guess the thing is now that or for the last what has it been like maybe the last year events have been allowed to be run without a judge and we had that big controversy a few months ago about uh some store in the u.s running their mcq without a judge and people were very very annoyed about it um and basically the to just didn't want to pay a judge and what it's not required by wizards to have a judge anymore so they were just like yeah we're not gonna have a judge um you know this is the ultimate result of wizards do not want to be responsible for calling judges their employees they don't want to be responsible for giving them a wage and i mean i feel like the 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 alternative that people could actually get behind would be a judges union that fought hard for rights but that is a really really hard fight uh anybody who has done any kind of like unionization or fought uphill against employers before will know firsthand how hard that fight is and it takes many many years but i feel like the judges as a community have they they have leverage over wizards more than wizards has leverage over them like if this judge academy organization didn't come about and judges said yeah we're washing our hands of the judge program you go do whatever you want i feel like the judges would have come up with something something would have happened maybe they wouldn't have been in a legal battle against wizards maybe something similar to this would have come about but it maybe it would have felt more organic if you know what i mean or maybe the idea of local players banding together to compensate their judge would have felt, again, organic grassroots rather than this 
which really comes off as a as a cash grab. I mean, I think I think the whole uh, I I said this to you guys in the in our WhatsApp group. I think the whole um the idea of announcing the foils, the exact foils that would be available on the day that you announce the whole thing when there's almost no other details really worked out really shows you that they want to, you know, <laughs> there is no other value to this basically. They want to say like, "Oh, here's the foils. This is what you get." Uh, anything else that you get will work out down the road. <laughs> Basically, you're paying us hundred dollars for eight foils now. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like in a very in a very uh, spike value player uh, uh, way. Uh, yeah, last week I said, well, if if it works out that the foils are worth market value more than hundred quid, then I will pay because that is positive EV baby. Um, which I, I think is it shows that they. They think they was basically they they they're aware that they could just win players over or win judges win judges over just by um yeah offering these yeah offering foils uh which obviously you know is is literally just printed in free money uh you're 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 paying hundred euro to buy free money um but uh yeah but still like the, the like the the extent the, the 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 quality and the extent of the product they're offering apart from the foils is so still it's still so so ill defined um one of the questions in the AMA was asking. Um, oh, you know, it's a, oh, saying, oh, you, you say they're going to improve uh, training materials and provide training materials, which is just, uh, and then someone said, you know, how does this differ from what's already available through blogs or through, like, you know, the, um, no, true. There, there's obviously there's lots and lots of material already available online uh, for free or that's already been created. Um, someone asked, you know, how will the training material provided, you know, you know improve that? And uh, basically the answer was, oh, yeah, we're planning on improving all the material that's available, uh, which is kind of like, this, do we do we need better material? Because it's it, it, I feel like a lot of a lot of the, the learning and training you do is from judging or from shadowing a a, a level two judge if you want to be level one or level three judge. Um, so it's like yeah, if you if you like, I feel like I when I was training to be a judge, I um, I shadowed uh, judge uh, judge Luke at a uh, PPTQ, um, and like I learned so much during that day, and it's like that that I feel like. And that was free. That was you know I, I was you know, helping him kind of with logistics and and um that was that was kind of part of me learning and helping the community at the same time. And I was kind of it was a community thing. And I don't know how a how a flashy um you know I'm thinking of you know like a, a corporate PowerPoint presentation or some kind of interactive e-learning uh, is going to be better than uh, than experience like that. Uh, so it's 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 not quite clear what it is they're sending us. Uh, all we know for sure are that yeah, Chalice of the Void is an XX card where you can counter spells that cost X. Like we know how Chalice of the Void works. <laughs> it's almost like they're banking on the fact that we know how valuable this card will be. Um, but we just have so little information about what the program will actually provide. Yeah, I mean they're absolutely just putting shinies in front of people's faces and saying, "Hey, look, you get this," and then give us some time to figure out the other bits. Which I mean that can be fine as well. Maybe they, maybe it's a big ask to have them to be ready to be to announce like exactly everything that they want to do already um but like i feel like there are a lot of judges especially more senior judges i feel like from like l2s and l3s basically are mostly on board with this because they're of you know they're part of the camp who's saying well it's this or nothing uh it's this or my you know the way that i've been living my life for the last x years is no longer i'm no longer allowed to do that and they're obviously you know, many of the people who are who are going to be actually on the staff of this organization are 
the people who are like the head judges who are very well known in their regions, like the regional coordinators, program coordinators. Um, and, you know, those people are people who are very, very connected in the judge community. Uh, they've been judging for a long time. They have a lot of clout. They have a lot of social uh, influence. And because they're on board, they just bring a lot of people with them. And I don't know, like, this is an outsider's perspective because I'm not in that community. But it kind of feels to me like they just, they took the easier road. You know, they almost, they sold, <laughs> they sold out in a way, if you know what I mean. And that's just not something that you like to see happening. And that's like maybe a, a mean way to characterize it. And, you know, I'm sure they made the best decision that they could in, in their circumstances. But it certainly looks that way from the outside. And it looks like a cash grab. And I think we can see from the general community response that that's the way most people see it. Um, and again, look, we, we'll, we have to give this time to shake out. Um, it, it may not turn out that way. It may turn out to be a good value add. But as you said, you know, a lot of that material is there already. Like, for example, the Judge Apps website where most of that material was um, to begin with and like where most judges go to like source their their jobs, like how they how they get gigs. Uh, is not going away and it's not going to be run by judge academy so it's going to continue to exist and continue to be independent so as we said before if you don't want to join judge academy you don't have to you can just continue being a judge if you want or uh what i have seen like i've seen a lot of intelligent discussion about this online and one person i cannot remember for the for the life of me the the name of this person but they went through a really good um breakdown of like who will do this who who wants to do this and then basically there's just some number of people who are L1s now who will pay for the foils. And then there are some number of people who it doesn't actually, they don't need to be an L1. So they'll just pay nothing and drop down to like the free or rules advisor level and maybe just be, you know, subscribe to Judge Academy at the free level um, and then just continue as they were as normal. Because, you know, realistically for local events in your shop on a Friday night with 20 people, you don't actually need a certified judge most of the time you can just have somebody who's you know a rules advisor who, who's good with the rules yeah exactly yeah and i think it's and that, that's almost like that, that has been my relationship with magic for for you know, a long time before i became a judge uh you know i'd say um someone would say judge and i'd say i'm not a judge i play magic online every night so i can probably answer your question but uh i, I think that poster referring to uh, made a very good point in terms of like the like the people who are level one um yeah, like a lot of a lot of level one players, a lot of level one judges, like like myself, uh, just you know have no, just just don't intend on ever becoming level two. Uh, it's like it's not something it's something that you know I would want to do. And for the level one players who want to become level two judges, are probably already doing that, or already kind of you know like like kind of shadowing other judges, or kind of getting experience to become level two. So like those all this extra training material that they're going to provide, like is a goal to level up level one judges because. From yeah, my my perspective, like this poster was uh, that um, yeah, a large portion level one one judges don't want to become level two judges. Uh, so yeah, he's really kind of asking me yeah, like, who is who is what who is this? What is this training material for? You know? Yeah, uh, hopefully the the training material will be good eventually at some point. Like I can certainly imagine a scenario where they they actually you know they develop an e learning platform with you know recorded videos of high production quality online tests and things like that you know to, to the standard of, of other e-learning platforms that are out there and that would actually be, be great that would be a really good platform to have um 
but even still, hundred dollars is is fairly it's fairly steep. And I mean, sure, you make some of that back through the judge foils, but it's very like we said before, it's very wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, you can sell these for more than that one hundred dollars. And then what what happens when a year comes around when the foils just don't look quite as good as they did the year before? You know, there, there's always with any promo cards, they can't just print bangers year after year. There's going to be a progenitus at some point. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's funny how uh, that was a point we made last week. And um, at the time, I was thinking, I wish there was a card that were referred to that, uh, that you know, um, you know, encapsulates uh, a bad foil being printed. And it was only after recording the episode, I thought, oh, I should have said progenitus. So it's, it's funny that you said it now. Um, <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, there will be a progenitus at some point. And uh, yeah, like we said, because at this point, we're expecting... Value and like as well, you mentioned, um, yeah, a lot of level one players, uh, or sorry, a lot of level one judges, uh, will buy this just for the foils. Um, and it's something that it's, I'm still tempted to do it, uh, just to get uh, foil cards that are you know possibly market worth value more than 100 quid, so it's free money. Um, but like, it's if if that goes away, then a large portion of people who are subscribing to this or who buy this have no reason to do it. Yeah, and I would say, like, anybody who is like, oh, I want the foils, you know, don't feel bad. Just do it, like, whatever. Get your foils. You don't have to actually be a judge if you don't want to. I mean, that's what they're doing. That's that's why they're doing this. That's why Watsy partnered with them to do this, to, to make it all go smoother, you know? That's that's what they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. So even if you just, you know, technically just buy the foils and then never judge anything, I mean, you do you, whatever. It's, it's available to happen, so you might as well do it. Um, I, I think I'd be interested to know if the if the numbers the total number of like quote unquote judges goes up or down after this system goes into place because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who who drop out of being an L1 because of this because they're like I'm not paying hundred dollars to be an L1 I don't care what foils I get because maybe I, I I only joined Magic two years ago and I'm I only play standard or whatever so I I don't know maybe that's a very corner case but. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to harp on about this for too long. It's better to, in in the sense of moving forward, I do, to an extent, agree the whole statement of, you know, it's this or nothing, because, like, this is the new world that we're living in. So, sure, look, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's not argue across purposes here. Let's just kind of try and go forward together in this brave new world. But uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be totally happy about it. Yeah, that, 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 that's fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel like it is very much. Well, it seems like a, a, a false dichotomy that um is being presented to help decide this or nothing. Um, but like yeah, we we can we can voice our concern. We can hopefully see improvements in this program or depending on what this program is, uh, what, what it looks like. Um, oh yeah, so it feels like it, it is what's happening and it is what we're going with. So yeah, we can go with it. We don't have to be happy. But um, yeah, this is this is this is the way the news goes. Very true. All right, well, uh, let's move on to a bit of standard. How did your race to Mythic go? Oh, oh my God! Well, it was it was it was um, a dramatic and and a very dramatic time. Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't made Mythic yet. I've I've been close <laughs> a lot of seasons. Um, so I think I'm just looking at, looking at the calendar here. When was it? I think it was on? I was at yeah. So I I'd Tuesday evening off. I I nothing to do. This was the 30th of July. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm I'm Diamond Four now. Say for last week or so, or previously for the week or so, I was going to bounce it around between Diamond One and Diamond Four. Uh, I started off at Diamond Four on the 30th of July, and I was like, you know what? We're just going to us play, see how far I get. 
Uh, I don't see myself getting Mythic in this one sitting because that's going to be whatever it is, 12 wins in a row. Um, or 12 wins overall. Or, yeah, yeah, basically 12 wins, 12 wins in a row. I was like, we'll just see how, we'll just see how far we get. Um, yeah, so I don't know why, but basically, uh, so started off, first of all, I was playing against, I was playing, oh, what was it? I think I was playing against Esper, and I was very, very far behind the board in game three. I'm like, oh, yeah, this game's over. Then my opponent uh, disconnected. And, um, you know, because it's kind of awkward in the arena that, like, you have to, basically, you have to kind of, like, time out, like, twice, uh, you know, over two different turns in order to actually, you know, explode and, and concede. So uh, I was like, wait, is this, is, is this really happening? Um, and then, boom, got a, we, got, we got a free win through a disconnect. Um, and then another game was playing against an opponent on Shapeshift, uh, Escape Shift. And again, it was game three. And again, um, I was in control of the game, but then they uh, cast, cast uh, Escape Shift. And I was like, oh yeah, they have, they have a whole lot of times to play. Uh, I can't come back to this. Um, and then, uh, while Scape Shift was resolving, they timed out, um, and they disconnected. Uh, so I literally won five rounds, five games, in a, five matches in a row uh, through opponents disconnecting. And uh, I was just kind of thinking, like, am I, am I cheating? Am I? Is there something I'm doing that's causing this? Uh, is this just absurd luck, or like has something happened that's making this happen? And like, mind that connection is fine. Um, I was checking that. I, I tweeted. I tweeted Magic Arena just to cover myself to say, hey, by the way, I got a lot of disconnects, disconnects tonight. Um, is there anything happening on your end? You know, is, 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 is this caused by me? Because my fear at this point was either A, um, I'm doing something that's causing yeah, these disconnects without realizing it. So same way we saw before, people have been banned uh, like you know, previously for uh, you know, clicking on their Elemental Cat. Um, my, come to think of it, my Elemental Cat did recently upgrade to uh, the you know, second tier cool leopard looking cat um so maybe that's something to do with it but um no probably not probably not but uh basically just yeah so, something was causing this but as i was i was also thinking like maybe maybe i'm not online at all and you know this 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 climb in the in the race mythic isn't real uh that, i'm not really getting level ups that um i'm not even online that's it's me who's disconnecting uh that's that, that turned into well, not the case so um yeah, well, with all those wins initially, I I I just started climbing, and then um, eventually I was with the diamond one with a uh, one game, one match left for Mythic. Uh, I was playing team round, I was playing team random elementals the whole time because I suppose it's, it's a deck I know well. I know the matchups very well, but uh, it's you know, I, I, my win rate appeared to be very high with team random metals, but that's also because people were 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 disconnecting. Um, then I went up against yeah, and then I went up against uh, mono red, and uh, it was just a bad matchup, and um. I, I lost game one, I won game two. And then in game three, my opponent uh, mulled to four. And I had like, I had a starting hand that was like, you know, turn two, not turn one, not out of rails, two, turn two, Reserif. I had a lava coil in hand, but no uh, red sources. But um, I had like, I felt like I had enough acceleration in my hand to, to, to make up for that um, with seven. And uh, my opponent was on four. And I was like, there is no way they can win this. I was like, I was already dancing in my seat. I was ready to go on Mythic. I was getting my, I was, I was getting my screenshots for the Mythic Arena, the Arena, the Mythic decklist, or sorry, the Arena decklist Twitter page, uh, and I was, I was gonna do it, uh, but then they just had absolutely, even with four cards and just tough decking, they just had an absolute perfect answer for everything. Um, like I went turn one Anarels, turn two Rizzo Reef, they had Chain Warder. I'm like, all right, that's that's bad, that is really bad. Um, maybe I'll, I'll recover. Uh, so now eventually, I was, I was still drawing, and I was, I had a lot of cards in hand. Uh, I drew a second Lava Coil. I never saw a red source. Uh, but I was still playing creatures out, you know, I was still doing stuff. I had a, a trashing Bronton on out. 
Um, basically, basically, everything I did, everything I did play, they had the Purple Lancer four. At one, one point, they had two chambers in play and uh, one guard in hand, and I had a Treasure Mantelon on board, and they attacked both chambers. And I was like, you know what? Usually, I expect them to have uh, instant speed removal to kind of you know, to, to to damage my um, Treasure Mantelon before first strike damage. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I think they don't have it because. They already had shocks with everything. They already had two shocks. They already had everything they needed exactly exactly when they needed it. Uh, maybe I can assume that this is just a bluff attack, and I I will block here. And uh, and and the garden and they had it, and it was it was it was horrific. And uh, I lost I, I lost to a bolt of four, um, and that was the end of my run to mythic because at this point it was very late and I had to go to bed. But um, this is the the, the, the tragic fall of of Alan back down to gold tier two. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, they it was so tilting. You, you should have known. They always have. It. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know what's happening during all those three wins. Really on. So I guess it's like you know the you know it's it's, it's like they say the 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 flaccid penis of variants swings in both directions. <laughs> you get good luck and bad luck. That's what they say. Uh, yes, I guess they do. I. So how, <laughs> how was your standard experience? Wait, say that again. Or, I was, I was gonna ask how was your standard experience, but uh, oh yeah, if you have more questions about mine. Well, I mean that's that's just your comeuppance for those free wins, right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, so I was I was very annoyed, but I was like, I really can't complain. Um, but then again, you know, for for a long time, my internet has not been good, and I have lost uh, a lot through disconnects as well. Um, I feel like it was easier on Magic Online. So basically, my internet would go. I just run into the living room and uh, turn the router on and off. Uh, Magic Online, you have I think it's ten minutes. Of inactivation time before you can, it's it's easy way at your clock, but you have ten minutes to, to go back online. Uh, whereas Arena is less forgiving. So I suppose in a way, I saw the three wins as like you know, the opposite of comeuppance from my previous losses. So it's like you can you can look at this anyway. You know, you can you can, you can see yeah you can see the um you can see the uh my loss against Modern Red as comeuppance for my free wins, but I would see my free wins as comeuppance for my previous losses uh, to disconnects. So um. It turns out the world is just a chaotic place. Nothing makes sense, and it's, it's no one's in charge, and there's 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 no fairness. Life is meaningless and full of pain. <laughs> uh, now we're uh, a podcast about nihilism. Yes. Um, yeah. How was that? Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, how, how was your experience? Uh, how, how's that been? Did you you with the climbing at the end of the season? Uh, not really. No, because. I was already qualified for the thing, and I, I had fallen into oh, yes. the percentages. But I think I, I think I ended just outside the top one thousand, like ninety eight, ninety nine percent around there. I had started playing mono red because I felt like that was maybe decent against the field. A lot of people were playing, uh, a lot of people were playing vampires. Mono red is okay against that. A lot of people were playing scape shift, obviously. So scape shift is super popular now and like mono red has the face burn to get around all the zombies like if you have a fast start with your creatures and then you have a bit of a burn to finish off you can do it so i was playing a, a version of mono red that i brewed up well i say brewed up you know mono red is so so set i basically just didn't have experimental frenzy and instead had risk factor um yeah and i think it was going well and i played that for the first couple of days of this season as well and it was funny that you mentioned uh, about losing to the opponent on multi four, as we were talking on WhatsApp. And I also I was playing mono red, and I won on a multi four in a similar fashion at around the same time. It was not me that you played though. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. On a first slide, I was like, no, there's no way I, I missed playing against you. And I didn't realize it was you, but oh, yeah, it was not you. Turns out Monterey Ed winning the four cards is just a thing that happens. Yeah, I think, you know, London Mulligan definitely contributes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but since then, yeah. I've I've switched decks a couple of times uh, in the new season now, just leveling up again to Mythic. Um, I think I'm in Platinum 1 or something now. I have been playing... What have I been playing? Playing a bit of Scape Shift and then a lot of Nexus. Uh, because I felt like Nexus is fine against Scapeshift, and it's pretty decent against almost everything else. There's like no Mono Red around, which is probably our worst matchup. There's still a few Flash decks around, which are quite difficult, but there's a lot fewer than there used to be. So like basically 90-ish percent of what I play against now is Black White Vampires, Jun Dinosaurs, uh, other Scapeshift decks other nexus decks that's pretty much it it's just those four decks and variations of them that i play against mostly so i think nexus is like fine in that field but then i i went through a few losses today just to really good draws from like black white opponents like the, the black white vampires can have a very very aggressive draws that can beat you before you get to do your thing same with john dinosaurs if they get out an early um what's the what's the guy called rotting regisaur they get out one of those you're pretty much on, like, both of those decks can put you on, you have to rune, root snare every turn from turn three onwards. And then they also have, well, uh, Vampires has disruption for your for your Wilderness Reclamations, it has, like, D-Spark after board, and it has Mortify main often. So, and it, the, the, I mean, the real key thing, in my opinion, for Vampires now is that... Uh, Soren allows you to have that bit of reach that the mono red decks had before. Like if you if you just play against a white weenie deck now as next, you're like, oh, this is a breeze. I can do whatever I want. No way I can lose. But when you play against the black white vampires deck, you have to be wary that even if even if you can root snare a lot, if your opponent can bring you down low, like to set say to six, then they can kill you over two turns with the Soren. Whereas that wasn't true before, so you have to be a lot more careful. And yeah, so just now I was kind of back to scape shift, but I was trying a more mid-rangey approach with some land destruction for the mirror. So um, Jund scape shift with uh, Assassin's Trophy, Casualties of War, and uh, Chandra, so that you can wipe the zombies. Because obviously the band scape shift decks have all all adapted now, and they've all brought in deputive detention to the main, so that they can deal with the zombies out of the mirror. And in general, Deputy Detention is just, you know, a very good card at the moment. There there are a lot fewer lightning strikes running around, so it's a good card. Yeah, definitely. I, I do I do like a, a Deputy or yeah, Detention. Detention Dave, as we call it. Detention Steve. Dave. Um, yeah, right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was watching um, Dave Murphy. Uh, Dave C was um, in the quarterfinals of the um, Fandom Legends uh, tournament uh, during the week, and... Um, yeah, he was he was he was playing yeah, he was playing Rackle sort of scratch against uh, Scape Shift in, in the quarterfinals and um uh yes yeah, so at one point it was it was sort of a rules question where he um so opponent had uh Alpine Moon under a detention uh the deputy detention. Uh they've had a instant speed way of removing um the deputy to get his uh, Alpine Moon back. So they cast yeah, so they cast um Scape Shift and uh he was thinking, Oh, do I can I get this back if you know, he's thinking like if I 
get back my Alpine Moon uh, while all these triggers are in attack, will they resolve and make zombies? Like, is it? Then we're kind of, we're kind of thinking like, oh, it's like, um, is this like an intervening if clause like uh, Valakut? Um, so in that case, it would check upon re resolution as well. But then it turns out that it's your, um, like, yeah, it does check upon resolution. But it's even though even if um, even if the land loses its, its abilities, it's still just checking if all their lands have um, have uh, Different names. So different names. So yeah, exactly. So 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 of. So um, yeah. So he's kind of like, yeah, I, I, it's, I'm only out here, but I might as well see if it works. And then he did it, and it didn't work. And uh, he was like, yeah, we well, didn't think it worked, but I, I had to try it. And then he just top decked uh, Legion's End. Um, so he was like, oh well, what I should have said was I should do this for my out of Legion's End, which I had just drawn. And um, uh, it was it was a wonderful moment that he got to. He then got to kill all the zombies and have um, his Alpine Moon in play. Nice. Uh, yeah. People have definitely adapted to Scape Shift. So you've got Alpine Moon, uh, Blood Sun, Legion's End, Deputy of Detention. Try and think, is there anything else? Obviously, like sweepers like Chandra, Definitely Clarion. Flame Sweep is good because it's instant speed. Because if your opponent has to, well, if your opponent has to ferry, you can't play Flame Sweep at instant speed anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that people have certainly adapted. Adapted, and I, I do think that it's it's cool that a card like Legion's End has found its niche. You know what I mean? Because like that's yeah, and, and it's so important. Yeah, yeah, and that's a card that I was like, eh, it doesn't it doesn't seem that great. I don't think it'll see a lot of play. But you know, the metagame has evolved to such a place where it's an important sideboard card. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's something I, like, it's, I I wasn't really high on the Alpine Moon because as as a strategy and. Um, Against Scape Ship before because it's like oh you know you're you're down a card and usually these combo decks um can sideboard in a different plan if if they anticipate you completely disrupting their primary plan but I, I feel like Alpine Moon really does shut like, it, sh it shuts down Scape Shift a lot harder than uh, I would have thought it would uh, if that makes sense that they like a lot of times you play Alpine Moon and they just don't do anything they just ramp and uh, have no payoff um but I'm sure that's kind of something that can change very very quickly uh they, they can adapt to, to, to that kind of hate um i guess yeah they do play um like yeah they, they, they usually do play graces or some other kind of a yeah, big ramp card or big ramp payoff uh if you're switching off their primary ramp payoff yeah i mean they yeah as you say they have crisis they have deputy of detention that can take away the alpine moon they have uh teferi that can bounce the alpine moon for a turn and then maybe you can get your escape to escape shift off then but that means like do your escape shift at sorcery speed and then you know, the person who played the Alpine Moon, maybe they have a way to deal with the zombies then, and you've used your scape shift and blah 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 blah. It's uh I mean it's it's not it seems a lot harder to interact with than it is, if you know what I mean. Like it's a land and a lot of the, the scape shift decks in the first week or two that they existed, they were relying on the fact that once you got to that kind of seven land and you got there pretty fast because you're because of your ramp. You were just generating a zombie a turn no matter what. There was nothing that anybody could do to stop you. You didn't even have to do a scape shift in many cases. Like it was just good enough against like creature decks. You're just generating blockers every turn until you can do a massive scape shift or a massive crisis. Against control decks, you're doing the same thing. Uh, I mean your your biggest enemy was like kind of tempo decks, things like that. So it's evolved past that now to where just playing out your field of the dead and hoping to get to seven lands is not 100% good enough. It is still a really good plan, and it's great that you have this kind of effect on your lands, uh, but you have to be smart with when you use it and stuff like that. So 
I think it's it's been pushed in a, a more healthy direction. And although I feel like the Scapeshift decks, specifically Bant, probably is the best deck, I want to say, I think it's, you know, it's still beatable. Yeah, I, I think Bant definitely is the best approach because, uh, yeah, your your Teferi is preventing them from interacting with zombies or with Scapeshift. Um, as well, kind of something I noticed was I used to bring in post-board, I used to bring in... Um, uh, Entrancing Melody for uh, for anticipating them playing the graces. It's like, yeah, I'll just take the graces and I'll win. Um, but then they could just bounce their own graces back to their hand uh, with the fairy and uh, get even more value. So it's um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a strategy that that suits your the tools you have in band very well. And uh, yeah, like I said, deputy attention is uh, is very important for um, yeah, answering the specific A cards for the deck. Yeah, dep- deputy of detention in combination with the fairy is great as well because you can like again in the mirror you can take all their zombies and then you just bounce your deputy of detention and you're covered against their next big zombie scape shift as well yeah that's pretty sick uh so going forward what are you planning to play anything different this season change up your approach um yeah not really sure i guess i will what do we think um i mean personally i don't i, I was i don't think team or elementals really cuts it anymore yeah yeah i mean, I, I agree that and i think basically the reason why i've been playing it is because i know it well um which I suppose I feel kind of on a show before I've said that about decks where it's like it's there's no reason to not learn another deck as well as I know the elementals and it's something that I can do very very quickly uh that yeah I suppose my insane win rate on on the 30th of July uh you know wasn't because the deck was very well positioned uh it was because my internet connection was very well positioned <laughs> and um yeah, so I'm going to try myself uh I'm looking at a few lists now uh, I, I I was playing a bit of Dave's list um Dave was playing uh, Mask of Immolation in um, the Rakdos uh, or, or, or Aristocrats deck, uh, which is which does seem very very good. Uh, you can just so if, if if there's a stall, you can just keep on switching the the mask onto different creatures and just attacking them. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm trying that because I suppose yeah, like I said, like we said before, you know, in in gold climbing up, you just want to you just want to have um, uh, you know quick games with it, with a, with a aggressive deck. Um, so this is what I'll try for now. Um, yeah, there was, I've been tempted to go back to. Oh, go on. There, there was the a mono black aggro deck that was posted on the spikes subreddit that seemed somewhat promising. Like, the, uh, you know, versions of this deck have been playable for the last year and a half to two years, and I think when the metagame oh, yeah. is not prepared for it, it can be really good. So, like, there's not that many people playing a huge amount of removal at the moment, and it's like it's linear. It's it's good. Um, you have ridiculously powerful cards like Rotting Regisaur. You have evasions in Spawn of Mayhem. You have some amount of reach with Vicious Conquistador. I know it's just one a turn, but still. <laughs> this is um, you know, I'm putting up the list now. Uh, this is yeah, Knight of Evan Legion, Grubbles, Vicious Conquistador, Kaiselfi Breeder, Graver Marshall, Wanted Scandrels. Wanted Scandrels. What's what, what's Wanted Scandrels again? That's us. The, the two mana three four is it, or the, the big creature? Two mana four three, and when it dies, your opponent gets two treasure. I, oh, class. I think I'd, I think I'd be on uh, I think I'd be on four Kitesail Freebooter before I get my first Wanted Scoundrels, but you might also maybe get yeah. some some number of sword point diplomacy in this deck. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I do like that. Um, I mean, it's a pretty bad card. Yeah, let's see. It's on plan. <laughs> it's, it's part of your plan. Four main board drill bit. Ah, oh, I remember you swearing high on drill bit, but I was, but it was spoiled, and um. Did you ever think we'd see four drill bit being played in the main board of a deck? No. <laughs> but here it is. 
Donna Post saw Laura Spikes with 164, no, 165 upvotes. Oh my. Because I voted it well, just now. Um, look at all that egg on my face. It's actually looks pretty good. <laughs> all over your face. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, it's like it's a yeah, rotting, rotting Regisaurus spawn mayhem. you got to answer those immediately. Um, this, this seems decent. I mean, I think that a flying, flying clock is... Flying clock. A flying clock is <laughs> is nothing to be sniffed at. If you can be aggressive in the first couple of turns and put your opponent in a spot where maybe they can pull off their scape shift, but it's not good enough and you can get through in the air for lethal on the swing back, then maybe that's in a good spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. I, I do like that approach right now. And I think it's, I mean, I think, um, like, riding Registor is just very, very good. And it's, it's kind of strange how the, I feel like the, like the, I think I think the Jund Dino deck is very, very good. Um, But I, I think a lot of the reasons why it is so good is because it has this play of just doing a, yeah, an early seven, an early, an early seven, six. And um, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost, so yeah, it leverages the seven six as 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 a strategy as a play, but it's not really all in because you know it still suffers from the downside of the three mana seven six. Where as because it's not necessarily a, a very very aggressive deck, you know it does it has a like galton stuff. But I guess you, know, you cast galton uh, with the seven six play, but you do have you know like five drops and stuff. Um, so you will be the the, the discard in Eurokeep will will um be quite detrimental in the Jun deck. In the Jund Tynos deck, whereas a deck like this, which has you know a curve that tops at at four or three, I guess if if you can count if you can spot Mayhem as being a three drop, um, it's you're you're really just diminishing the downside the downside of riding Regisor. You're really just leaning on uh, riding riding Regisor as a strategy, and uh, that does seem quite good. Yeah, I mean, plus you have cards like um, Gutter Bones that you don't mind discarding. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or in yeah. some matchups, you'll be happy enough to discard your like cast down. Like, if you're playing against Nexus, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Discard my removal spell. Yeah, exactly. It's already dead card, so it's free. Now, unfortunately, no one has posted in the comments the uh, the arena format copy and paste list. Uh, <laughs> taking this. So it looks like I will not be playing this deck. <laughs> you, you're not going to tab back and forth like a like a peasant? But like a caveman? What is this, 2018? <laughs> oh, well, my, yeah. <laughs> that's one to look into for next week. I might give that a try myself, see how it goes. I'm also thinking maybe Mono Green might be okay right now, because you've got the... you've got Steel Leaf Champion, which can attack unimpeded through uh, Zombie Dark. Ooh! Ooh, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that is good. God, it's, it's so frustrating when... Um, I, feel, I feel like the zombies should really come in tapped from Field of the Dead. That, uh, it's, you could just be... You can, you just have, you can, you can be a red close game out, and they, they cast Cape Shift, and you're like, oh, that's it. It's all gone now. I mean, um, despite my massive board. Sure, but like the the deck building restrictions on it are already so strong. Like you have to have seven different lands, differently named lands. You know what I mean? And you already have to have yeah seven lands in play. Like forget about scape shift for a minute and just think about field of the dead on its own. Like if you just play field of the, field of the dead tapped on turn seven as your seventh land, and you just get one zombie and it and it was tapped, you'd feel pretty bad. Yeah, that, that that is fair. I suppose it's one of the things I, I haven't played Escape Shift deck, um, but it's like, yeah, you don't you you, you don't get it. I suppose it's, this is kind of this is a lesson to all salty magic players that you don't um experience the downside of a combo deck or the um yeah the deck building restrictions of a combo deck when you're playing against it. It's only when you're playing with it you 
you really feel like yeah you're like oh my god i'm playing i'm playing these tapped these tapped lands gave me life you know i'm playing so many tapped lands uh my mana base is awful uh see those are the things that you only see you only experience when you're playing the deck the deck um you, you don't notice it when you're suddenly you just like oh my phone was playing scape shift and they didn't really do much and i killed them like you, you don't you don't see exactly what happened um i think a lot of players who are salty about combo combo decks uh don't realize that either they just they just say oh they always have it the fairy is a dumb card <laughs> i mean the fairy is a dumb card but still <laughs> yeah that is true that is true i mean like let's oh, let's let's just enjoy scape shift while it's available it's been in standard for over a year without doing anything so i think it having a last hurrah before rotation is absolutely fine and yeah that's great like it, it has taught us the power of field of the dead which i think can even still be an okay card maybe some kind of a very go long control deck that has absolutely no way to win like you know big teferi is about to rotate out so control decks are going to have to go elsewhere for their win conditions maybe field the field of the dead can be a win condition for like esper decks or something after rotation i i mean i think field of the dead field of the dead is good enough without scape shift it's obviously a lot less good but it's probably there it's probably okay uh like i potentially i can see it being a role player after rotation uh like not not as strong as it is now not nearly as strong what a role player. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I like. I, I, I do like. It. I love the idea of a control deck where its win condition is built into mana base, um, that you don't need to pay any you know, cards that are not answers. Um, yeah. It's like, like it's kind of like kind of like Celestial Colonnade, or or even more recently, uh, like Wandering Fumarole. <laughs> Remember Wandering Fumarole? Ah, oh, love that card. What a card. Yeah, but, but it's, you just play four of them. That's your win condition, and um, it's well, great. Also, Blue Gear Hulk, but you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Girl was all that. Yeah, it was a great deck. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's standard. My suggestion or my idea is to try this mono black deck over the next week, and also maybe try some kind of mono green as well. I don't know if I'm in love with the idea of using the uh, Nullhide Ferox because it doesn't have trample. So maybe I'll look for something else in my four drop. But we'll see. I'll try and build it anyway and report back, see how it goes. Uh, then we can move on now to some of the Commander spoilers. So we started to see some cards from Commander 2019. Uh, we got the face cards, the actual Commanders, and they all have like a signature spell that's in the deck with them as well that, that contains their name, uh, which is pretty cool. I guess that's maybe a nod to Oathbreaker, or I don't know if they intentionally did that, or it just kind of... Was a happy coincidence? Yeah, I, I, it's possible. It is an auto breaker because I guess um, like, well, we, we've seen kind of signatures like this uh, in say like Water Spark. You know, it's I think every every planeswalker has a you know their own spell. Um, so it, it's almost like a, a continuation of that trend. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's possible that it was done with uh, Oathbreaker in consideration. Yeah, well, Oathbreaker is you must have a planeswalker as your commander, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas these these are not planeswalkers; these are legendary creatures. As you... uh, okay, so I'll go through a few of them. There's not too many cards here. So first up, we'll do uh, Gired Gired. I don't know how to say his name. Conclave Exile, five mana for a legendary creature, human shaman. He's a Naya, so it's two red, green, white for a two five. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, create a four four green rhino creature token with trample. 
and whenever he attacks populate the token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking so populate means uh, that's pretty that's pretty sick but of, of a token you already control yeah um yeah it's pretty it's, 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 it's yeah pretty good um I, I don't think we've seen many commanders that kind of go deep in uh, populate um yeah we, we'll, we'll be addressing to see I, I, thought, I, I always liked populate as as a um yeah as a mechanic because I guess it, it's it kind of incentivizes you to play uh, kind of big tokens because a lot of like for the vast majority of time, or at least the vast majority of time I've seen, uh, you know, token strategies are based on going wide or having sack outlets or having sack fodder. Um, whereas, yeah, a, a card like this kind of makes you sit back and think, oh, what are what are the largest tokens available to us in Magic? Yeah, and this color combination is pretty good for that. Like green often has big tokens, even even just. You know, if you're thinking about bigger than 1-1, one, one, you know, green has wolf tokens that are 2-2s. Two it has 1-1 one, one death touch tokens. Uh, it, it like like this rhino here, it has like 4-4s, four 5-5s five five sometimes. And then like red also has dragon tokens, which again are usually 4-4s four or 5-5s five with flying. So I think it's, it's a cool card. And just by itself, it's already a great rate when you cast it. It's 5 mana for 6-9 worth of stats. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that is fine. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know how good that is, that is in Commander. If, uh, so it's, it's a lot of value for a lot of, a lot of value buddies for one creature. Um, it's also mildly disappointing that we can't play uh, um, Siege Rhino in the, in the Rhino deck. But yeah. We'll get over that because we'll instead play. Because you know what? You know other other tokens? Uh, the other token uh, Green has access to? What? Fucking Worm Coil Engine. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it does. As do all colors. Um, yeah, Marit Lage is legendary. That's um, that's unfortunate. You can, if ooh, if you have a Marit Lage that has been pacifismed, <laughs> you can make another one. Sack the pacifism one. Boom. Value. I like that. All right. I mean, it's it's tapped and attacking, so they're dead. <laughs> that's true. If it's well, well, they, they probably have more than forty life. They've got more than twenty life if it's a uh, commander. Um, all right, and Jared's. Uh, signature spell is an x spell it's a sorcery it's x red red uh deals x damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures whenever a creature dealt damage this way dies this turn populate so it's kind of a, a rolling thunder type effect and then if you kill stuff with it you get to populate which is pretty good it says whenever so i assume if you kill like three creatures you get to populate three times right yeah 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 that'd be both different separate triggers whenever a creature yeah um yeah it seems pretty good yeah, seems good for good for commander. <laughs> no more, no more to say about this. Kills a man. Oh yes, get your tokens. All right, moving on. We have a new commander. We have uh, Savine, Savin. I don't know the Chronoclasm. What a dramatic name! It's <laughs> sorry, I didn't know this was Chronoclasm until now. Yeah, that is, that is ridiculous. It's a Jeskai card. So two blue, red, white for a legendary creature, human wizard. It's a two-two. It says prevent all damage that we would have been. That's any damage from any source. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So I guess this is some kind of a like a flashback commander. I guess. Yeah, this is strange because I suppose the first thing that came to my mind was Kess, uh, dissident, dissident mage, uh, which obviously will turn for colors, so we can't play them. But um, yeah, I suppose it. it also, we have to see more kind of what water cards are in this deck. Uh, I mean. It's kind of hard to think of, of of the cards this deck could lean on, um, or the strategies this, this card could play, or this deck could play. Um, 
I don't, I don't think now is the stock rise rage, but that's where you, you probably want to be doing more than that. Yeah, I mean, you also, you, you only get this effect once, so, like, once per turn. So it's inherently not super broken. Um, yeah, so you're, yeah, you, you'll just be getting super value rather than comboing off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the 2-2 the two, two body prevent all damage is kind of weird, right? Like, what's the purpose of Yeah, that? exactly. Why, why yeah, I really don't know. Um, I, she, she is a wizard, so you can jam a bunch of wizards in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out what the point of that two two body is, or the the yeah, the parental damage is like, so we can so we can board wipe without killing it. Is that what it is, or you know, red board wipe? Mm, destroy all creatures still kills her. Sorry, destroy creatures. Yeah, so I, I mean something like something like um, yeah, like rolling thunder or yeah, like a, a red board wipe. Yeah, like that um, Arian or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that is strange. I suppose. Uh, her her signature spell here is Savine's Reclamation. It's two and a white for a sorcery. It says, return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If this spell was cast from a graveyard, you may copy this spell and you may choose a new target for the copy and has flashback four and a white. So you can do it once and you get a CMC three or less thing back to the battlefield and then you can cast it from the graveyard to get the effect twice in one go. So it seems like a very good value spell. Again, we would have to see yeah, yeah, see, see what, what what kind of things are in the pre-con deck to be bringing back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it can kind of feel itself off self mill if uh, if you mill it because yeah, as as flashback, so could be something there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and if you cast this with Savine on the board, then hold on. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard each turn, copy that spell. You may just new targets. Okay. So if this is the if you have her on board and this is in your graveyard. And you cast this with its flashback cost as your first spell for the turn. You can get four things back, if I'm correct. Ooh, uh, yeah. Um, copy it. So, yeah, so the, 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 the first version you cast is going to get copied. And then the ability goes on the stack to copy it whenever you cast. When you cast your goes first. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that seems pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Because the, the spell itself says if this spell was cast from a graveyard. And I guess copies aren't cast. So maybe you only get three things back. But even still, that's good. Ooh, um, oh, I'm gonna have to think. Uh, if we so we cast this, uh, Trigger Girl's gonna stack the copy, so it's being cast. Uh, so there's a cast version and a copied version. Uh, it's spell was cast for graveyard. So I mean, yes, yeah, so I think I think I think it's true. I think it's true. Yeah, because yeah. it's an intervening if, and when it's the copy, the if is not that right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I I think that's that's what it is. I'm not sure. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is my favorite one by far. Uh, Cadena, Slinking Sorcerer. Naga from Tarkir. I love when they do Tarkir. Boom. Tarkir. Yes. Can't wait until we go back to Tarkir. Uh, so Kadena is one black, green, blue. So it's Sultai. Uh, legendary creature, Naga Wizard. 3-3. Three, three. The first face-down creature spell you cast each turn costs three less to cast. It's a morph commander. I'm getting this. Sorry. I'm not... Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> whenever a face-down creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So you can play a morph creature for free, your first one of the turn for free, and you draw a card. Amazing. That is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this is just a good good value commander, right? It's not amazing or anything like that. Probably I, this power level, to be honest, is probably less lower than the other two, uh, but I just love it because I love Morph. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 love, I like the idea of having them... I feel like Morph just kind of creates this nice... It's such an interesting kind of game where you're like, which one do you kill? Um, and it's a even like you know, say the kind of fake morph that uh, Ugin does in Saturn right now, uh, there is like an interesting like which card do you remove or 
you can try and figure out what card they have morphed uh, based on how they block with it. It's a, it kind of, it kind of creates a, a kind of a game within a game, uh, which I like. And um, I am currently browsing through Gatherer and looking at morph cards throughout Magic's history, and there are a lot. Uh, Alan, I'm gonna have to oh. remind you there. Um, Ugin does not create a fake morph effect. It's actually fake manifest. Well, isn't manifest fake morph? Yes. Do you know what else is fake morph? Megamorph. Yes, correct. Cadena's <laughs> uh, silencer is Cadena's uh, signature spell that's going along with her here. It's a uh, one in the blue for a Naga wizard. Two one. When it's turned face up, counter all abilities your opponents control, and it has megamorph one and a blue. Never thought I'd see <laughs> ever again. Here it is. I don't know how I don't know how Mrs. have a megamorph. I just I just saw the templating of the morph cost and assumed it was morph, but uh, it actually is megamorph. Uh, Magic's most hated mechanic. <laughs> I mean, they really uh, they really messed up on that one. <laughs> how did they How did they know? I know. I feel like maybe there is. I I, I don't know the story behind. I'm sure there was a very interesting story. If maybe. They wanted to do something more with it, and then um, last minute had to just be like, "Oh, it gets one more Well, I think the thing was they came up with uh, when when they were doing Favorite Forged and Dragons of Tarkir, they came up with a load of different variations on Morph, uh, of which Manifest was one and Megamorph was another. And I think originally they had Megamorph as maybe not its own separate mechanic; they had it as Morph, you know, Morph One or something like that. Or I don't, I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure Morrow did. Yeah, well, yeah, where he explained this. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so Megamorph was one of the ones that made it to print, sadly. That is, that is fortunate. Oh, but um, wow. yeah, but I, I, I am excited to kind of yeah, delve into what, um, what kind of more spells we have access to. Um, you know, we have Morphic Pool. You know Morphic Pool? No, I don't actually. I know the name, but I don't have the text of the card. It's, uh, it's, it's not a Morph card. It just came up when I searched Morph. Um, it's a blue-black uh, land from, um, what's it called? <laughs> I always call it book fast, not book fast, battle bond. Um, <laughs> battle bond. Um, I don't know, I don't know why book fast is in my mind there, but it's a it's battle bond land that it's dual land, we have blue black dual land. Oh, um, okay, okay, but it's not, it's not a morph card, yeah. Got morphling, also not a morph card. Um, <laughs> many, I mean, many morph cards to look at. Den protector, it's all about den protector, yeah. I think it's den protector, the one that had very solid standard play, probably sort of raptor, I guess, as well. Huh. Uh, death, death mist raptor, it's raptor, but I mean. Death, Death Mist Raptor, Raptor often was not even morphed. You just played it face up. Yep, yeah. Uh, well, I can't wait to get some Woolly Loxodons. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. And the last commander is Anya Falconrath. So it's one black red. So she's only two color. So this is to kind of balance out all the color colors across the commanders because there's only four. Um, and yeah, I guess she's a famous character as well. I, I don't know if any of these other characters were like known before this. I don't think they were. Maybe not. I don't know what planes most of them are from. But yeah, uh, well, obviously, Kadena is from Tarkir, and Gired is from Ravnica. I don't know where Savine is from. Uh, Anya is obviously from Innistrad. She's from the Falconrath clan. She is one black red for a legendary creature vampire. She's a 1-3 with haste. She has tap, discard a card, and then you draw a card. Uh, and it says, whenever you discard a card, if it has madness, untap Anya Falconrath. So this one is the most obviously busted one, because all the other ones, you can only do it once a turn. All their all their abilities are one time per turn. Uh, whereas Anya, you can continue to untap her, and uh, you can keep just discarding cards and drawing cards and activating madness and untapping her, etc, etc, etc. Yeah, it seems pretty nuts. Uh, yeah, you, you can just go off on your 
as well as cards we get. You're, you're going off, your hand size is staying the same. Yeah. Um, or going up. It's pretty, pretty sick. Maybe. Going up, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're yeah, getting some, um, yeah, I, I can't remember how you did. Well, is there any draw spells in blue, black, or in red, black, and madness? Uh, not? Maybe, maybe only in blue. What's the one? Yeah, it's like prophetic ravings or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does that draw? Six order. I don't know. Um, anyway. But yeah, she's, 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 she's pretty sweet. Uh, now her, yeah, again, it's what it. Her signature spell also has madness. It's a two and a red for a three-three vampire berserker. Anya's Ravager. Uh, it attacks each combat if able. Whenever it attacks, discard your hand, then draw three cards, and it has madness one and a red. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, it's you got um, it's called our favorite card from that standard um, Bedlam Reveler. Oh yeah, Bedlam Reveler, love it. Okay, there's there's um, like Rick's Paddy Reveler in this format now in standard now does the same thing. Yeah. So is that just like a reveler thing? That's a keyword reveler. I guess. Yeah. And this should be this should be called Andre's reveler and not Ravager. <laughs> True. I mean, well, he's a bit scary looking to be a reveler, to be honest. Ah, yeah. So so is Bedlam reveler. <laughs> All right. Big demon. Yeah, Bedlam reveler is a, a devil. So it's fair enough. Oh yeah, not a demon. We we had a few more cards than uh, yesterday. So we had a uh, leadership vacuum, which is a terrible name for a card. It's a two and a blue for an instant. It says target player returns each commander they control from the battlefield to the command zone. And it says draw a card. So this is interesting because it's directly referencing the command zone on a card, which I don't know if that has been done before. I, I mean, it has. It's been done on commanders, right? It's like when, uh, there was, um, when this is in the command zone. The command tower. Stuff. No, but you got like, so the command tower, which is your color identity. It doesn't say command zone. Oh, right. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe maybe it is first. That is, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, there's there's not really any other cards in the game that say zone, right? Even though, like, for example, exile is a zone, but it doesn't say. Yeah. You know, cards don't say the exile zone. They say just exile target creature or whatever. Um, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Actually, um, let's do a quick search. Or like return. I don't think that. What's what's the three mana three three that you can like return it from exile? It just says from exile. It doesn't say exile zone. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is a cool card for commander. Yeah. Uh, you know, it avoids uh, like people cheating on their commander's mana cost. Like if they're say reanimating their commander or putting it into play directly from their hand or something like that, you can kind of bounce it back to the command zone. And they still have to pay for it then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you you know you also get to draw a card, so you're not down a card on this. Um, and it also gets both of their commanders if they're playing uh, a commander with pair. Yeah. Then we have Sanctum of Eternity, and do, 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 do. it's tap, add colorless, and then you can pay two tap, return target commander you control or you own. You own? Okay, yeah. Return target commander you own from the battlefield to your hand. Activate, activate this ability only during your turn. So you can just bounce your commander so that you can play it for its own, for its actual cost rather than playing it from the command zone if it dies i guess but the fact that you can only play it during your turn means that you have to do it i mean you can do it in response to removal but only on your turn so it's kind of restricted but i'm still fine yeah i guess your 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 opponent's gonna cast their uh removal spells on their own turn if they see this land in play so you have to hold on to this before you play it so that doesn't work well yeah well i mean you know it's (laughs) even forcing your opponents to play their spells at a time when they don't really want to Maybe they want to have access to all their mana on their turn for doing other stuff, and then this forces them to yeah. 
some of their mana for removal on your turn, that's still kind of good. It's a bit disruptive. Yeah. And obviously it's that's true. Yeah, yeah. People who have commanders with enter the battlefield effects. Yeah. And then the final card that we have here is I, don't, I have no idea how to say this. Uh, Crick, Crick, son of Yacht. Yeah, I think I think I think Crick. Yeah. This is the one I came here to talk about. This is the best card. Yeah. Okay. So it's four black, black, black. But all the blacks are Phyrexian mana, so you can pay it for four mana and six life if you want. It's a legendary creature, horror minion. It's a two-two, has life link, and it says for each black in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. And whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Crick. Um, so it's important to note that it says in a cost. So that can be in a mana cost, like to actually play a card, or it can also be in an ability cost. Oh yes, okay. Ooh, that is interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like this. Just giving everything for extra mana. This is pretty Pre-tailbush. deep uh, life payment, right? But I guess if it's for commander, you know, you're working with double the life, so six mana or six life is not that much to pay, and then you can just you know keep paying life for other stuff um other black spells that you may cast yeah yeah this was he, he could be commander in like um some kind of a mono black devotion deck with lots of lots of uh yeah lots of you know black mana costs um so you know free and then yeah and if you if you are casting a lot of black spells uh he will get bigger and uh you'll get the life back from the life link true but i mean he only gets one counter every time you cast a black spell so like it doesn't scale in the way that you want it to you're not getting enough life back until he's really big you're not getting enough life um for your life. yeah that's, yes so you probably want some other backup plan of gaining life but i'm sure that's not out of the question i'm sure there's ways ways and means yeah all right so, well that's all the commander cards that we have for now uh so we kind of we'll wrap it up now uh except for an email that we got from Eamon. have you seen this Ooh, i have not no oh okay well this is going to be almost a quiz for you then uh what's well, quiz for oh shit uh so it says uh how you lads the unbanned cards of modern so he sent us a bit of a challenge here. He said, can you name the eight cards that have been unbanned in Modern? After you do that, list them best to worst, as in best is safe to have in Modern and makes it better, worst is bad for Modern and should, shouldn't have been unbanned. And he wants to see which ones we think had the best effect in Modern. And he says, hashtag free Stoneforge, hashtag splinter twin for the win, hashtag pod. <laughs> so can you name um, cards that have been unbanned in Modern? I can definitely name, I want to say... The two... Four. The two recent ones. The two recent ones. Four. Okay. okay. Can I name more than four? All right. So we got we got Jace, Mind Sculptor. We got um, uh, Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, I I I learned this recently enough. Um, Bitter Blossom. Yeah. Was that early on? Um, I mean, I think there are Bitter Blossom was on the original ban list and came off what two two years ago now, maybe three years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I mean, I think, I think a lot of those are. My friend saying that these are all. These all were on the original ban list, on like the day zero ban list. Uh, yes, I believe so. I think so, um, I was so it was like these are cards that were very very good in standard. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get one more. Um, I mean, cards that were very very good in standard back then. There's one that you should get because it came off and then got banned again. Oh really? Oh oh bollocks! I don't know this. Um, it's a green card. Came off. Got guy gray troll. Yeah. Exactly. No, it is. All right. Okay. Was, was that? Oh yeah, sorry, that was yet. Yeah, I, I don't think that was banned day zero, right? Was that was that banned later on? Uh, yeah, you're. It may have been banned later on, but it was definitely early in the creation of modern that it was banned. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people bounce back and forth as to. I mean, people people joke about how it was always banned and unbanned and then banned again. There's a card. Be, be fine now. A card that uh, you think Gagari Grave Troll would be fine now. 
No, I don't. You meant uh, there's a card. Banner. There's a card that was in the top eight of the recent Mythic Championship that was banned, previously banned. Um, ooh. In one deck. Oh, the top eight was the top eight was very very diverse. Um, God, what's the top eight of that? Um, I'll need another clue. Uh, something from Tron? No. Um, no, it was in the something, something else from Dredge. No, it was in the Urza deck. Oh really? Oh, Ooh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that at all. Um, like Top Shelf Foundry or Sword yeah. of the Meek? Yeah, Sword of the Meek. Okay, we got it. Was for what? One more then? Huh? No. How, how many more? Harder? Two more? So what did we say there? We said uh, Jace. We said Bloodbraid. We said Golgari Grave Troll. We said Sword of the Meek. Was there another one that you said there? No, there wasn't. So um, That's... Bitter Blossom. Sorry, Bitter Blossom. Yeah, yeah, we have five. Oh, Bitter Blossom, five. Yeah. Uh, I think I only know two more. But he, he said seven, right? No, there's, there seven. there's seven. There's eight. But I oh, eight. Okay. Ooh. Oh, um. Well, actually, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, was Valakut or Scapeshift yeah. banned? Yeah. Val- what really? Which one? Valakut. Okay. And a blue card. A blue card that draws cards. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. Um, <laughs> it draws. I've, ooh. Draws three cards. It has. No, not brainstorm. No. Uh, brainstorm. It has suspend. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> That's the name of the card. The suspend card that draws three cards. <laughs> yeah. Ancestral visions as well. <laughs> yeah, ancestral vision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not visions. Vision. vision. Yeah, well, I mean that's basically all. Suspend, draw three cards. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I'm that was pretty good. The, I'm not sure what the other one is to be honest. Oh, he didn't. He, he didn't give us the answers. No. <laughs> all right, so that really was a test of our knowledge. And um, yeah, well, I'm gonna Google it, Eamon. So there we go. How do you like that? <laughs> Um, I was I was testing you there off the top of my head, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah I, I I that was all off my head. Um, I think I did pretty well. Um, oh, there's no nice lists of cards that've been unbanned in modern. Um, just it's gonna have to tell us what the other one is. No, I, I'll get it. Uh, just type in original modern ban list. Yeah, that should be it. modern day zero three cards. Here on so like this is a card that should be banned in modern. Um, the MTG wiki, there's a banned and restricted cards timeline all the way from the start of Magic to now, and if oh, to 2011 was when modern was introduced. So August modern becomes a sanctioned paper format. Original initial ban list: Ancestral Vision, Ancient Den, Bitter Blossom, Chrome Mox, Dark Depths, Dread Return, Glimpse of Nature, Grave Troll, Great Furnace, Hypergenesis, Jace. Mental Misstep, Seed of the Synod, Sensei's Divining Top, Skull Clamp, Stoneforge Mystic, Sword of the Meek, Tree of Tales, Umazawa's Jite, Valakut, and Vault of Whispers. So, wait, where's the other one that's been unbanned? I think it's only seven, right? Maybe he said seven in the email. No, he said eight. <laughs> he said eight, okay. Um, I am, you know, we got, we got it, we kind of finished episodes, so we figured this out. Um, I'm going through the, yeah, the timeline. Um, Control F, unbanned. This should, this should do it. Um, oh, I'm back in the 90s. Uh, September. <laughs> Shaharazad is unbanned. Very nice. <laughs> Why they unbanned Shaharazad? Oh, damn it. Um. So so this so two thousand and nine. Um. Metal worker unbanned in Legacy. Don't want that. Um. We got Time Spiral unbanned in the format. It's gone now. Probably probably Legacy. Uh. Brr, brr, brr. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. So Valak unbanned. Two thousand twelve. Uh. Oh. Oh my God. This is great. Oh, there's actually two more. Um, sorry, no, hang on. Yeah, there's there's one that was unbanned, then banned again. Uh, I'm gonna make you guess this. Or it's actually two cards are missing. Are both one drops? They're both green one drops. 
What? Two cards have been unbanned that we didn't mention. Uh, both of them are green one drops. So, so there's been nine cards then. It seems so. Oh, look, look who's out tricked Eamon. Well, I suppose out of these, uh, one was banned again. Um, well, the only green one. Oh my god! Sorry, no, never mind. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. I, I got very excited. Uh, no, sorry. It actually is just one more. Sorry. I, I, on the same day, Daryl Shaman was banned. Um, I thought it said Daryl Shaman was unbanned for a second, which um, <laughs> certainly the darkest timeline. Sorry, Derry Shaman is banned uh, February 2014. On the same day, Bitter Blossom and a green one drop are unbanned. Not Glimpse of Nature. No, it's a creature. Mm. Oh, Wild Nacatl. Yeah, Wild Nacatl. Wild Nacatl. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now we know the eight cards. That took us a while. God, I was, I was so um, I was so excited when I thought, <laughs> I thought Terry Shaman was unbanned in Modern for a while and then banned again. <laughs> no, that'd be very silly. Uh, so which which ones oh. do you think were like the best had the best effect on modern and which ones do you think had the worst? I mean, I think like Wild Nacatl, just the fact that we completely <laughs> forgot about it means that it basically had no effect on modern and it was absolutely fine to unban. Yeah, I think I think that kind of that you know day zero modern modern panelist was just based on you know, cards they thought would be insane in modern and um in fairness a lot of times even more recently with with Jace and uh, with Elf, it's like when they unbanned them they were. They were aware that these will not have an impact on modern, and the reason why they're unbanning them is because they're confident in the uh, lack of impact they will have on modern. So, I think uh, yeah, Bitter Blossom and um, Wildcatl have been disappointing in their impact in uh, on their impact in modern because they were both obviously very dominant back when they were in the in standard or whatever standard was called. Mm. I mean, I I think that actually all the cards um, that they've unbanned have been absolutely fine, except for Grave Troll, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can say well, yeah, Malakul has always been fine. I think Malakul it's frustrating, but uh. Yeah, you can you can um, you can interact with it. Yeah, I mean it, it allows Scapeshift to be a deck, so it's you know essential to an archetype. So I think that's that's fine really. And sometimes Scapeshift is okay. It's never over dominant. Uh, sort of the Meek being unbanned again. You know the sort of the Meek Popter Foundry combo. When it was unbanned, people tried it and it just wasn't good enough for modern anymore. It was just too slow. It wasn't wasn't to the same level of some of the other decks. And now that you have the kind of the Grixis Urza package beefing it up it seems like it might be a real deck but i don't think it's overly dominant so i think again that's probably a good addition to the format uh jace to be honest i don't know i I actually don't think jace is like an amazing addition to the format i think it's at best it's like fine like at best it's it's not doing anything too crazy and at worst it's like not relevant so i think it would have been fine to keep jace banned but People love Jace and they just want to play with it, and it's a ridiculously expensive card. So I guess it's also fine to have in the format. Like Teferi is probably better than Jace, right? Like the Blue Eye Control decks yeah. were fine before Jace was unbanned, and they would continue to be fine if Jace was banned again. So I think whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bloodbraid I think is cool to have. It reinvigorated Jund. It reinvigorated the the red green Ponza decks. I think it's a fine addition to the format. It's a bit frustrating to play against. Again, I think the format would be fine if it was still banned, but I don't think it like detracts from the format hugely. Uh, Ancestral Vision, I think, is good to have in the format. Bitter Blossom, I think, is good to have in the format. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, yeah, Bitter Blossom is fine. Okay, well, thanks for the question, Eamon. Hope we answered it to your satisfaction. And I think that is. Thank you for the show today so we'll see you next week hopefully Kieran will be back from his trip in London 
if you want to get in touch with us like Eamon did, you can email us at uh, skullcrackpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at skullcrack. And crack is spelled C-R-A-I-C. And that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. time i failed my driving test um we're doing this. I, I promised to deep dive i think i think we are i, I, I do the ball very, very i can do the ball very very quickly uh so the first first few i did i learned how to drive i did them in my i did them in instructor's cars all of the tests i did in fingless uh in dublin and i never want to go to fingless again because uh, it sort of brings back memories of failing my driving test over and over again um yeah so i failed seven times total uh first was in yeah, so yeah, first was yeah, in my instructor's car, um, my um, instructor, my, my tester, rather, he he was absolute absolute spitting image of, um, I want to say the T one thousand in Terminator two, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, he was he was basically he he was he was basically um, the man who plays that Pat Robert Patrick is that the same? I've not Robert Patrick. Yeah, uh, was what the one? He's bad guy in Terminator two. The, the cop. The the one who turns into metal like liquid metal. Yeah, yeah, um. I know who you're talking about, anyway. But uh, yes, yeah. So anyway, he looked like him, and it was, it was all very, very slow and silent. So I did the test, and I did, I did the testing, and I passed. As we walked in, um, I was sitting down, thinking, "Yeah, this is it. Passed driving test first time. I am class." Then uh, he told me that I failed by test on. Um, I gotta go. The way, the way it works, at least in Ireland, the way it works is that yeah, you get, if you get if you make a big mistake, you get a red, a red mark. Uh, a minor mistake, you get a blue mark. Um, if you have whatever is nine blue marks, you fail. Uh, so he, I had racked up five blue marks, uh, all for. Uh, progress on the street, which is um, you know, not being able to keep up with traffic, which uh, I thought I'd done fine with, uh, but I failed enough. I asked for more information because uh, I wasn't even driving in traffic. Uh, I was like, "What do you mean? What? How did I fail?" And he said, "More information will come in the post." I was like, "Fine." Then you no, know, the information that came in post was not much more information at all. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm still not sure why I failed that. At one point, I was behind uh, a bin truck and I hesitated to overtake it. So you're you're not gonna want to overtake. I, mean, I wasn't safe to overtake. Uh, I was on Class Seven, Class Seven Avenue, um, Griffith Avenue, and uh, Class Seven Avenue, Class Seven Road. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't overtake the bin truck. So I think I think that's what it was, which is a pretty shitty way to, to fail. And um, where that night I was driving my parents to a uh, restaurant in Rush, and um, I was like speeding. I was like go flying around corners, and my mom was like, "Alan, slow down!" And I was like, "Well, I fucking failed my test for not driving fast enough, so I should drive faster, apparently." Um. <laughs> Because it's not, it's not something, something that people should be told to do. Uh, second test was um, I was driving around to the um, you know, little house estates in Pingless, and at one point, uh, it's almost biblical. Uh, it's, almost, it's, it's almost like a fake story. Uh, a funeral procession was coming towards me on this very narrow road, so I, I pulled in, let them by. But uh, when I pulled in, I drove like too close to like a parked car, so I just I, I tried to reverse to get back out again, which um, he uh, interpreted as me not being me not judging my uh, hazards well enough. Uh, and then literally the same thing happened like around the corner again. But I ran into the same funeral procession twice, and uh, both times I, um, yeah, I, I drove too far to the too close to the parked car. So that that was definitely divine intervention, making me want to stop. Uh, and also, I felt quite unfair. Um, third time, what? 
were, we're almost there. Were they red marks or blue marks? These are all blue marks so far, yeah. Well, I got one red mark, turn on I failed. Which I feel like it's the only time I deserve to fail, in fairness, which is um, I was uh, coming down Ballymun, Ballymun Road and uh, I was t- taking a left turn. Sorry, taking a right turn, you know, across you know, another another lane of traffic. Uh, I had a green light. There's a green light, um, you know, on, on the top lights. And the uh, church said, yeah, turn right here. But I turned right when it was like uh, I didn't have a filter light. Uh, so usually it's like usually when it's green you can go if you have right away or if you have, if, if if it's safe to do so. But um, in this case it was not safe to do so. So I just drove out in front of a load of traffic, uh, lots of beeping, almost had a big car crash. Uh, so I turned right into going across oncoming traffic, and then my uh, instructor he kind of held on to the, the Jesus handle and actually said Jesus, and uh, I had to stand, stand accelerated down just to bomb out of the way as like a whole load of incoming traffic was like piling on top of us, and it was a. Uh, it was very scary, so I I'll, I always had a very very bad crash <laughs> during my test. Uh, so that's fair enough if I failed that one. Yeah, um, I think that one was yeah. well deserved. Yeah, and it was funny because afterwards he was like, he's not very, still very special. And afterwards it was silence, and I was like, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, and then um, <laughs> when it sat down to give me my my result, he was kind of he's just going through very fresh. He was like, Hey, you got blue mark for this, got blue mark for that. Uh, I gave you a red mark because at one point there was a roundabout. You didn't look both ways as you approached it. And I was like, yeah, well, I wasn't trying anymore after that because I knew I already failed. I just wanted to get home. Um, <laughs> so that was the fourth time. That's uh, that's third time. Uh, fourth time uh, was I, uh, I stopped the traffic lights. Come back. I did, did, did the test. Um, I was very confident. I stopped the traffic lights. Uh, but I, there's traffic lights coming near the test center in Finglas where it's like the, the traffic lights are at a junction, but the stop line is like really far ahead of it like really kind of far forward. So I drove up to traffic lights rather than stopping at the, I stopped at the traffic lights rather than stopping at the uh, stop line, which was, um, you know, a fair few uh, yards back, um, which is essentially that was interpreted as being the equivalent to uh, breaking the red light. So um, I, I failed in that. Um, ah, that's a bit. That was four fails. I know, yeah, exactly. And it was really, after I did the test, the, 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 te- the, the line was quite faint on the road. Like the, the paint was quite faint, faded. And, uh, they have since, you know, made it more clear. Uh, yes, I, I thought I was stopping at the red light, but no, uh, <laughs> it turns out I broke it. Um, then I had two more fails. So I had two fails were, uh, no, no, two fails were kind of non-tests. So one of them was, uh, yeah, so one was I, um, my check engine light on my car. This is the first time I did it on my own car. My, che- my check engine light was on for years. Uh, it was the car was in my family for years. Uh, the car had passed NCT, uh, car passed NCT every year with this check engine light on. Uh, it was just, it's just, it's just, it's just an electronical fault, electrical fault. Uh, so then I had an end car NCT'd and shortly afterwards, like almost a few days afterwards, I did a test and uh, the structure got in and he saw that the, uh, basically I passed, I, I did all the raw stuff, all the um, you know, under the hood stuff. Uh, the structure got in the car and said, um, oh, that check engine light is on, can't do the test. Uh, so the test was was, uh, was a non-test then uh, because of that. And uh, even though I was saying, but it's NCT, it's fine. But um, he, uh, alas, he, uh, he, he, he did not, he did not take it. Um, so the sixth time, <laughs> sixth time, I uh, was, I was basically, it was like the time I felt like I was most ready. I practiced a lot and I was like, you know, really, really going to pass it this time. Uh, had day off work the morning of, I was like, you know, getting everything ready. And I was trying to find my provision license. Now, I recently had gotten a new provision license, but um, the one in my wallet was my previous, my, my previous expired one, but uh, I couldn't find my actual provision license, my actual provision license. So um, I was living in Germany at the time and I remember I just tore the whole house apart trying to find it. Uh, I you know furniture upturned. There's like pages of documents all over the floor. It's me riffing through everything. And uh, at one point, I was like lying. Basically, and as I was trying to find it, like the, the clock was ticking closer and closer to like the time I had to leave to go and do the test. 
And I rang test center and asked if I, if I could still do the tests without the without my official license, even though I had one, but it just wasn't like I just couldn't find it. Um, and they said no. Then basically, I was like riffing through everything, and then at one point, remember, um, remember, it was like one of the last episodes of Breaking Bad where Walter White discovers all his money is missing, and it's like a really powerful scene where um, uh, where Brian Cranston is like lying in the crawl space of the house. Uh, he's like crying, then he just starts laughing maniacally. So. Uh, basically, something like that happened where I was like lying on the floor, exhausted, surrounded by documents and papers and everything, magic cards and shit, uh, all over the floor. My, head, my oh, bed was upside down. My room was completely torn apart. I was just like lying there, just in despair, thinking like, "Oh my god, I can't believe the time I was most ready to do my tests. I'm gonna fail it on literally just I can't find this fucking card." Uh, and then I was really, like lying there in the depths of despair. Then um, I realized the thing that I was most upset and anxious about was telling people that I failed another time. So then while I was lying there, I realized, oh, so I was like, almost like, you know, almost, yeah, I was in, in agonizing pain. Then I slowly started laughing because I realized, well, maybe no one has to know. Maybe I'll just lie and tell everybody I passed. <laughs> uh, so I rang my parents, I waited a few hours, rang my parents, told them I passed. They were delighted. I posted on Facebook, I made a joke about passing the test, got 100 likes on Facebook for passing my test. I took the license plates off my car and I was like, yep, from now on, um, this I took the L plates off my car and I was like, Yep, I'm just gonna just just gonna tell everyone I passed. No one has to know the real truth. And uh, I I just told everyone I passed for years. Uh, even during those years, I <laughs> I attempted to do the test over and over again. Uh, so um, yeah, during that period, one, one time I did the test. So I, I did the test for the seventh time. Uh, I I had to put the L plates. I had to put the L plates back up on the car. You know, just while I was driving to the test center. So I, I was there, you know, early. I had my license and everything ready to go. And um, as I was driving into the test center. Uh, the L plates fell off the window. It was almost scripted. The L plates fell off the back. An L plate fell off the back window and onto the road. I like, got onto like a busy road, and uh, I was like, and then I, when I got in, I realized it was, it was not there. And I was like, oh my god, I put this on five minutes ago, and now I can't find it. Uh, so I was like, I like five minutes left before the test. I ran down to, I ran into the test center, and I was like, trying to see if there's where, where I could buy L plates. And uh, they said, oh, there's a place across the road. Um, there's there's a, a school across the road. So I sprinted across the road to this uh, school, uh, starving school, and then went up to the counter receptionist counter. I said, oh, I need to buy L plates. I could see them over my shoulder. Uh, I was like, oh, I need to buy L plates. Uh, I need them now. Um, I had like, 20 euro in my hand. And I was like, I need to buy L plates now. And then She's like, oh, I don't know if we have any L plates. I was like, I can see them over my shoulder, right there, right there. I'll just give it, give it to me. And she goes, oh, oh, we do have L plates. So she picked it up. She very slowly took it off. I had three minutes after my test now. She slowly took it off. She looked at it. And then she uh, kind of called, got her hand in the corner. And she said, David, David. There's this guy on the phone in the next room. David. And then he said, yes. And then um, she says, do you know how much these L plates are? And then he looked at it as if he had not seen them at all before in his life. He thought, and I said, uh, he said, oh, go ask Barbara. And, and then um, at this point, I was like, just fucking give them to me. Uh, and I 320 row down. And this, this, this is the first time I threw money at someone, uh, which is not a nice thing to do. I threw 20 euro out. I was like, just give me them. And then I, I just grabbed them. And I sprinted back down to the, the, the test center. I was exhausted. Um, like, so I had to rent my car first to put them on. And I ran into the test center. And I was completely just exhausted and out of breath. I just sprinted up and down, doing this. And um, uh, literally, as I walked in, my name was called. I went in, uh, I could barely answer the questions because I was so out of breath. And uh, the, guy was, the guy was like a young guy, he's kind of like laughing. I, I, thought, I, told him, I told him what happened and he, he thought it was quite funny. Uh, and I was like, yeah, we got a good repertoire going. Um, and after all that, <laughs> when he was doing the checks to see if my lights were working, my, one of my brake lights uh, was not working. Uh, so that was another uh, non-test uh, that they couldn't go ahead because my brake light was not working. Um, <laughs> so... so I passed it on the eighth time. Okay. After that, I did it again and passed it. 
So uh, if you've ever been, I, I think it's true actually, if anyone has ever, if I've ever driven anyone to a PPTQ, uh, that was during the period when uh, I was lying and uh, did not have my full license. So um, you have been accomplices in my law breaking and my lies. <laughs> wow. I really, that was, that was the greatest story ever told. <laughs> it was a story of eight parts. Um, yeah, so eight different times. So only one time I felt like it deserved to fail, which was, yeah, when I almost died, which is fair enough. Uh, everything else was really just bullshit. Like, yeah, that is very awkward. Well, yeah, times the charm. Exactly, and uh, yeah. So now you're driving motorbikes, and uh, make sure you, you should try to get a driver license over there, um, so you don't have to go through all this shit over here. Uh, you do not need a driving license in Vietnam. <laughs> okay. Uh, law, the law you do, but in real life you do not, and. The the situation you described of turning when it's not appropriate to turn is uh, a common everyday occurrence here. So okay, that's, that's people just stop. They're ready for it. Yeah, that's fine. Well, people yeah. go through red lights with regularity. Yeah. Um. God. So uh. Yeah, that was my stressful time doing my driving test over and over again. But I'm happy it's over now. Uh, by full license. Um. But uh, I'll be happy as long as nobody tells me what seventy five times eight is. Uh, that's how much money I spent. Oh my God! Do, wait, for a test alone. You had to pay the full amount, even the times when, like, when, like, your check. I didn't do it. And stuff like that. Yep. Yes, I did. It's a. I I questioned the. <laughs> I said that it very much was bullshit that uh, I had to pay um, when I didn't do the test from stuff like that. But then they they said, "Oh well, this this is your signature here, right?" I was like, "Yes." And they got you're signing here. To, you signed here to say that everything in your car was in working order. And I was like, "Well, that, that is true, yeah." Um, <laughs> so they got me. They got me. They got you. Uh, God, I could have bought what seventy. What card is seventy five quid? Something like um, I could have bought two play sets of Ren and Six. Ren and Six. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. All right. I think yeah. I feel. I feel like saying saying two play sets of Ren and Six uh feels like a lot more money than seventy five times eight. Yeah, really, really puts it in perspective, right? <laughs> Does you could be playing two Jun decks right now. Jund Jewel Decks. Yeah. All right. I'm with that amazing idea. We're going to end the podcast for this week. Goodbye. Bye.